to truly believe in the magic. What's up, Magic fans? My name's Garant, and I'm joined by Gary and Mikey for the first episode of Let's Talk Magic. Uh, Let's Talk Magic's our brand new name. Obviously, we were Orlando Magic UK, uh, also known as Penny for Your Thoughts. So, um, well, just let's get into it, is it? Um, Today, we're going to be sharing some exciting news about the rebrand. So I'll get to that in a little bit. Talking about Cole Anthony's extension. I can already see... uh, a smile on uh, somebody's face in if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and, our, and, of course, our opening game of the season against the Houston Rockets. So, um, I'm joined by Sunderland's finest. He's on deck tonight. How are we, Gary? Well, on the back of a, an extension and just a goat being the goat, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, mate. Um, yeah, I won't give it too too much away unless somebody hasn't, you know, seen the results. But I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. But I'm very well. Thank you, mate. And he is back. About time too, Mr. Clark. <laughs> Shady's back. Good to back. have you, mate. How the devil are you? I'm doing well, mate. Uh, it's great to have Magic Basketball back. J.I.'s back. I'm back. Um You guys know I've been busy setting up my own business part-time in my own time, so that's sort of taken over the last few weeks. Uh, As you know, Becky's pregnant, which uh, has also taken a bit of time as well, and she's expecting in April. So unfortunately, all these weeks and months, I'll be going, yeah, I'll be there for the playoffs. I'm not going to be there for the playoffs, unfortunately, when we make it um, this season, but we're going to have a good time anyway. but yeah, it's great to be back. Magic Basketball's back. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to mention the rebrand now, but you know, I kudos to you. You've been so busy putting these images together, uh, you know, getting us all set up, changing the website over, which I'll mention in a second, but just wanted to- That hasn't been done yet, you, but it's coming. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you know, you've got, you've got everything lined up. So uh, kudos to you there then, mate. Um, so if you've been following us for a while, uh, you know that you know our goal has been to to help the Orlando Magic fan community here in the UK. Uh, you know we've got a great Magic fan community uh, who've supported uh, a lot of our work that we do. That includes the content we post on our website. We, we gosh, we nearly have to about 150 episodes or so uh, in terms of the podcast. Uh, we're really fortunate to have so many you know great great guests on. Um, because of a new partnership, Mikey, Paul, Gary, and myself. Um, spent a lot of time evaluating what we do and decided to make some changes. Um, so essentially, that's all we're doing, as I've mentioned, is retiring Orlando Magic UK and the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast. Um, something that we felt is the right thing to do, uh, given this new opportunity we've got. Um, our content's going to stay exactly the same on social media, the website, the podcast, um, but just under a new name, which is uh, Let's Talk Magic. So uh, hopefully you can get on board and uh, you know support us with that. That'd be fantastic. Um, Mikey's going to be changing the the website from OrlandoMagicUK.com to Let'sTalkMagic.com. Uh, where you continue to find magic news, updates, schedules, UK dates, times, etc. Our visiting Orlando page for advice from the four of us if you're going to Central Florida or a magic game. Um, and links to our newly named podcast, you know, Let's Talk Magic. So uh, be here already. So you've uh, obviously been doing the right thing and following. Um, our graphic designs will be, you know, very similar. Uh, Mikey's got, I, I love what he's done, actually. He's got the the classic star on on the logo. It's just iconic. So uh, 
no, that's brilliant. Um, so yeah, the design is going to be pretty much the same. New name, new logo, featuring the star. Um, I don't know why you don't do this for a job, mate. <laughs> Just a laugh, and that <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah. Oh, you're very good at it. You're very but- good. But basically, long story short, it's the same nonsense, just a different name. <laughs> exactly the same. It's, it's like, uh, you know, Marathon and Snickers, isn't it? Nothing's really yeah. changed. So, um, and for our American uh, listeners, basically, that's just a chocolate rebrand in the UK. That was just nonsense, wasn't it? Before we get on to uh, Magic News, etc., we just need to shout out our Patreon. Uh, basically, the Patreon, uh, if you don't know, is is something that will help support us and what we do. It gives you uh, perks such as access to competitions, a, min- a monthly Patreon call, uh, which we had on Wednesday uh, night this week, which was just before opening night, which was uh, a lot of fun. Um as you might be aware, you've got three options. You've got the O'Neill tier at £2. You've got the Anderson tier at £5 or the McGrady at £10 a month. Uh, so I'll just give a Patreon shout out to Ollie Law, to Gary Clark, Angus Craig, Dylan Holden, Alan Kane, Tom Sone, Mark Joss, Sean Moore, Drum Drum, Drummy Drum Drum, Paolo and Franz Warmth, Liam Radbourne, Andy Lindley, Stuart Benzies. Thank you ever so much for your support, guys. We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, if anybody else wants to join, uh, we've obviously got a prize giveaway for October, which will be drawing in a couple of days on the 1st of November. So you've got a few days to, to get in, uh, either on the Anderson or the McGrady tier. Um, so, yeah, good luck if you do join. Uh, and if you're already in there, uh, we'll let you know how that goes in our Discord chat. So, right. Magic basketball, guys. Brings a smile to our faces every week. Um, So we played the Houston Rockets on Wednesday night. Uh, Comfortable winners, 116 to 86. Cole Anthony scoring 20 points, eight rebounds. uh, As the Magic got their largest ever opening night win in franchise history. Uh, Anthony, I've got to focus on him because, you know, Gary's going to be like a Cheshire cat. Uh, went eight for 12 from the field, played 24 minutes in a reserve role, but he, he played absolutely fantastically. Uh, we got 19 points out of Franz Wagner uh, and the balance attach, attack, which um, featured six players scoring in double figures. Um, so I'll come to you, Mikey, first. Um, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Amway sounded like it was rocking. Uh, what was your reaction? I know you were only able to watch it the afternoon after uh and tell us your thoughts on the atmosphere that what you saw yeah uh well it was great to see throwback stars jerseys and the court to match that was the first thing and then watching all the player introductions first game of the season that all gets us excited um but i think this is very different there's obviously there was obviously a lot of energy on wednesday night's game from the crowd the excitement's there but i think for the first time in what 10 plus years we've actually got real expectations of what we think this team can achieve this year. Um, and it's a stepping stone to where we think we're going to be in hopefully five years time. But the atmosphere sounded great. I mean, it, it was almost playoff-like for stretches. I mean, even look at the end of the game. We'll talk about the game in a minute, but like Anthony's Black's block that got overturned and the crowd getting excited because they were all calling for the coach's challenge and the players are swinging their finger. Everyone was just having a great time. They are just having a ball. Um, and it was great to see. Um, the game itself, though, obviously, we got off to a good start. Um, 
I think we outscored them by nine in the first quarter. Unfortunately, my league pass decided to cut off at six o'clock in the morning when I was watching it. So I had to wait till later in the day to come home to see the second half. And then uh, the key stretch was really that third quarter when Houston pulled, pulled to within one after we led by double digits at halftime. And then really it was the bench that changed the game. They steamrolled Houston and uh, they had no answer for us. And then after that, it looked plain sailing. It's funny because Gary actually rang me earlier in the week and he, we were talking about our, the, the Houston game. And I said, I cannot wait to walk all over Houston. And Gary was going, oh no, I think it's going to be a difficult game. And I, I that's That just shows the level of expectation from this team this year that you think... You're expecting to go out and beat teams now and beat them well, not just not just come away with a W and and scrape it in the last couple of minutes or whatever. But um, I thought the starters were sluggish to start the second half, um, mm. but we know how good that unit can be. Uh, they made life hard on Houston throughout the game, the size, the ball pressure. Uh, Jalen Suggs especially calls them a lot of problems to, on the defensive end. Um, but really, that, that second unit, Gary rang me, this, was it this morning on the way to work? Yeah. And he, we were talking about the second unit. And we, we there's just a really good balance with that second unit. There's five players there that are all capable of knocking down threes. Gary said, and he's right, Cole, uh, Cole Anthony and Gary Harris are both capable of starting on, on a lot of NBA teams, and that's our that's our second unit. Joe Ingles and Mo Wagner have both play with that little bit of an edge. Ingles can handle the ball; he can play make. Mo Wagner, hopefully, can improve his his what was awful rim protection last year. And then you got Jonathan Isaac, who can cover up a lot of his weaknesses. Something that he did when we paired him with Vucevic. Vooch was obviously not the best defender, not the best rim protector, but J.I. can cover a lot of those mistakes and a lot of those weaknesses. And you can see that same sort of thing happening with, with him and Mo Wagner. But man, I'm just so happy for J.I. I mean, he's been one of my favourite players for a little while, but it's hard to keep being your favourite player when he never plays. Um, but those two blocks on Jalen Green, especially that second one, were unbelievable. Um and it was great. If we can get 60 or 70 games out of J.I. this year, and hopefully it's more than that, um, he may well be the difference between being a playoff team and a play-in team this season. I think his impact and his presence defensively could be a big, big difference. So, yeah, I love what I saw Wednesday and I can't wait for tonight's game. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, I just want to mention about, um, obviously you mentioned the starters there, uh, and Paolo. Obviously, he commanded a lot of attention. Um, and, you know, he didn't shoot, the, you know, he shot six shots, mm -hmm. three of six, uh, scoring 12 points. But the difference in having him on the floor um, just meant that Houston had to focus on him and it let the other players get theirs, didn't it? Um, but you touched upon the, um, the second unit there. I was going to come to Gary and ask him about, you know, the boost that, you know, Cole, Harris, Ingles, Wagner, and especially Jonathan Isaac made, uh, you know, those blocks, etc. So what are your thoughts, Gar, on the impact that they had? I was just going to take issue with something Mikey said there when he said everybody was enjoying it. But um, I can think of a group of people in the Amway Centre who really weren't. Um, 
particularly Jalen Green, who probably at the end of the game, if he walked up to Jonathan Isaac, started the conversation with Dad. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Jonathan Isaac probably responded with Son. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting to watch. Um, like Mikey said a lot of what I think, really. Um, that second unit has got everything you'd want from a second unit, and it's got a starting quality it's got starting quality players in the backcourt for starters. Like how how many game how many teams would call Anthony or Gary Harris get a regular game as a starter for? And it's quite a few actually. Um, they're both starting quality players. Gary Harris's entire career, I think, has been a starter in the NBA. You've got Joe Ingles, you've got Cole, and you've got Mo Wagner, who've all got the chippiness in them. That can change a game. They can get under players' skins in different ways. Wagner himself, he can go off. He can put up 15 points on any given night, no problem. He can spread the floor. And then you've got Jonathan Isaac, who I think anybody in Orlando or who's a Magic fan knows that if Jonathan Isaac hadn't had the injury problems that he's had on the court, it's a defensive player of the year candidate every year. And you're bringing that off the bench. And now what we've got is the last 12 games that Jonathan Isaac's played, we've won 10 of, and we probably would have won the 11th one if it hadn't been for his minutes restriction. That's massive when you start extrapolating that over a season. And as Mikey said, that's that's playoff form. And Isaac, like he, he only played 14 minutes. But the impact, if you were just a box score watcher, the impact he had on that game was obvious. And then what Cole did was sixth man of the year level. Like Cole Anthony in that game was unplayable. And yeah. you know, he, I, look, I, I don't think Houston are going to be that bad all season. We made them look bad. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I get I get the fact that Udoga's gonna take time to get his system to embed. But they are a team who down the road we're gonna be seeing a lot of, like OKC, like Indiana, like Detroit, because they're a good young team. And you look at that backcourt and you've got Van Vliet in that. You've got Jalen Green, who was the number two pick in the draft, and he is a good player. I think there's something going on. Maybe it's been the coaching before, but Jalen Green, is talented-wise, is a very good player. And then you've got Thompson coming off the bench, who, if nothing else, is an athletic freak. And on that night, Cole Anthony was on a, another level to every guard on that court. Like, if you sat somebody down and went, you've got no knowledge of the NBA, one of these guys, who was the best guard on the court, that night it was Cole. Because he was so what, so what you're saying is Cole outperformed Markel Fox? Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree yeah. on uh, Wednesday night. Really mate. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, hey, as long as we get the W... That, yeah. That's all that matters to me. Mark Alka got 0 of 20, and if Goga hits a, you know, a and 3 to win the game, I'm happy. And tonight, it could be Markel Fultz, who's the best guard on the floor. Mm-hmm. And yep. you look at things Markel did, like Markel, to start with, like we watched the first quarter, G, and we were texting during it. Yeah. And it took a little bit of time to get going, but he made hustle plays to warm himself up. And then he just had that thunderous dunk in the second half. And he went through a spell, I think, in the third quarter, where he was quite prominent in good things the Magic did and I think it's going to be that one of your dangers with Orlando is some teams like Boston have a supreme starting five but Orlando it could be a team where you don't get a rest Mm. very much so 
Yeah. Uh, just to you know pick up on what you're saying about the hustle plays, we had 17 offensive rebounds as a team. Uh, Wendell got four. Wagner got th- uh, uh, Franz got three. Markel got three. Gary Harris got three. So, you know, we absolutely destroyed them on the board, 57 to 31. And do you know what, G? Um, what they could improve, continue to improve on despite winning by 30 is they only scored 19 points off of those 17 rebound, offensive rebounds. Yeah. So if you're looking for another area of improvement, is 19 second chance points off of 17 rebounds. That should be a higher number as well. But um, are you guys concerned about Paolo? I, no. I'm not personally, but no. 12 points, 12 points in first game. No, no, I think, I think that the Rockets had a plan and they, you know, don't let Paolo get his, uh, he got some, uh, when we needed to, um, but you know, he's a bit of a playmaker as well. He's filled the stat sheet, 12 points, five assists, five rebounds, a steal, only one turnover. So, you know, okay. Mm. But it wasn't spectacular, but it wasn't a bad game. Was it? I, know he's, I, you know, I, I still really liked what I saw from him. I think he he yeah. was making the right plays. He wasn't he wasn't forcing anything. I mean, Composed. people talk about his inefficiency last year. He wasn't inefficient on Wednesday night. It's it's just he wasn't forcing shots that weren't there, and he was finding open open shots for players in the corners and making that extra pass because the ball movement's been really good. It has been in preseason. Mm-hmm. But then like, on the Discord before the uh, the game, Mikey, I'd said predicted like G and the people who were in there that Dylan Brooks would would guard Paolo because mm-hmm. Jabari Smith can't right now. He can't do it like, when when Paolo and Jabari play. And I I know we sport this morning. I think Jabari Smith's going to have a good NBA career, but he doesn't look in the same league as Paolo right now when they play. And that's like the difference between the one and the three pick. So they threw Dylan Brooks at him, and the word is the whispers are that Paolo's playing with an injured thumb. Well, basketball's gonna it's gonna be affected if you're playing and you've got an injured thumb. That it's not going to be the same range of motion for you. So I think Paolo did what we needed him to do. He sucked up the defense and freed up other guys to do damage. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it again: Houston aren't a bad team, but the only player on the Rockets who came out of that game with any credit was Sengun. And you've been on the Sengun train for a while, haven't you? Well, I was looking at him for the, the draft pick when we uh, drafted Franz. I was looking at Sengun then, but he was the only player on the court, I felt, out of a talented unit, because they are, and Udoka's message will embed, but he was the only one who looked pretty good. Yeah. Nobody else did. I, I was shocked at Jalen and Jabari. Like, mm. uh, how they looked in that game. And apart from the third quarter, Van Vliet was terrible in the first half. He yeah, was awful. And Dylan Brooks was, was, did did what he needed to do. He, he contained Bancaro. So I guess you could say, well... Was, was he terrible or was he just guarded really, really well? Because mm-hmm. Fultz and Jalen Suggs smothered him. They did, but what happened when he played for the Raptors? We don't know. He scored 54 on us. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, and that's... T- you know, like... At the end of the day, Van Vliet can do that. And yeah, you're right, Mikey, it's how we've guarded him. But that contract that has been handed out to him, you would expect him against an unfancied Orlando team in some circles that surely all-star Fred Van Vliet should be putting 30 on us or 20 on us. Mm. And then yeah. when he didn't. 
I just, I just have, and I, I think Houston are going to be fine long term. Yep. I do, but I just synchronized drinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I paused a little bit because I saw Gary going for it. <laughs> um, I think Houston are going to be fine long term, but there are vibes of like those, like 2015, 2016 Magic teams. Like you think when we signed like Channing Fry and made a trade for Serge Ibaka, you bring in these players that you think are going to help. And it just, I don't know, the dynamic's not quite right. It, it might, obviously it's one game, it's one really small sample size. We come out the gates and, and they didn't know what to do with us for make, for a large stretch of that game. But I just get that feeling a little bit with Houston, if I'm honest. I think Van Vliet yeah. and Brooks are better than anything we signed hmm. in that period. And I think Jabari Smith and Jalen Green and Shengun are better than any other guys. You could make a kiss from the deep ball, but they're better than Aaron Gordon and players like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it, it, it has got such a good feeling at the moment, hasn't it? I and mean, we're not going to get too carried away because there's only one game. But. You know, seeing the team, um, like you said about Black and, you know, the whole team supporting him to get the challenge. Uh, Coach Tibbetts yesterday, Mikey put it up on um, Hex or Twitter, uh, his sort of speech. That was uh, that was quite funny to watch if you haven't seen it. But it does feel a lot dif- different to previous years, doesn't it, guys? 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's expectation, G. It's expectation. Yeah, and how gutted were you that you weren't there? Me personally? Well, all of us really, isn't it? Because this time last year, you guys were there. I was supposed to be there. And just watching, you know, all the videos. We watched um, Kyle from View from the Cheap Seats' video. Go and watch that if you haven't seen it. He's done a a little uh, game day sort of video uh, showing you what's in the shop. And, you know, the whole experience of being at Amway is very good. Um, seeing the six man show and um, uh, their sort of after game. Um, oh gosh, they were dancing, weren't they? Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, fair play. Luke's got some moves. <laughs> is, that, is that what you call them, is it? <laughs> <laughs> he saved his equipment in fairness to him. Somebody knocked the equipment over. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, yeah, all, all positive vibes. Um, so, Cole Anthony just other magic news that happened uh, a little bit earlier this week. Uh, Cole Anthony agreed to an extension with the ball club. Uh, Cole's extension was seeing paid $39 million. Wow. He's repping the jersey over three seasons, the third year being a team option. Uh, so I'm going to go straight to uh, Cole's number one fan here. Gary, take us through your emotions, mate, on Monday. Because none of us thought this was going to happen. We were expecting, you know, a higher, a, a higher salary, B, maybe, you know, It'll be a restricted free agency. Um, how good a deal is it, mate? Come on, G, you've known me well enough by now. I don't do emotions. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what type of podcast do you think this is? Um, <laughs> um, I think that's the biggest steal in Florida basketball or biggest, you know, like robbery in Florida basketball for different For the reasons. Wendell? Since, no, since um, Kyle Lowry got a deal at the Miami Heat that he did (laughs) just for different reasons no it's brilliant it's great news um it's it's up there with the wendell deal that you've got two very good nba players on very much team-friendly deals 
Um, I'm I'm really happy the call's coming back. It means I can get a City jersey with Anthony 50 on it and feel confident in the purchase um, so for, that, for that reason. But no, I think Cole adds a lot to this team. Um, I think he's one of the best six men in the NBA. I believe personally he's a starting quality guard for the Magic. I still think he's one of our best two guards that we've got without blinking an eye in saying that. I think he's um, offensively a player you can put the ball in the hands of and you'll get the bucket rebounding wise for a guard but then you think his height it's ridiculous his athleticism's off the chain but maybe more importantly than all of that is we have a young locker room and okay we've got Gary Harrison we've brought Joe Ingles in Cole Anthony's a dominant character in that locker room and the culture that we are building Cole Anthony's one of those guys and you need players with a heart like that if you are going to win a title you need it. So Cole, for me, is a really important part of the Magic. So I was absolutely delighted to see Cole um, re-sign. I think it's a masterstroke. And I was on court as his podcast balls in our court on Sunday, and we did a Magic roundtable, and there was all manner of just great Magic podcasters on there. And Cortez has got a segment, which is... Um, basically the barbecue segment and it's like who do you predict you're going to be cooking a barbecue meal for and what's it going to be and my prediction was Cole Anthony player of the game which is essentially what the segment is and I said I'd be making Cole a beer can burger so Cole if you're watching um, I am still offering the beer can burger you can come around anytime to the northeast of England the beer can burger is waiting and you can hop on the pod while you're at it but um, yeah Cole's going to win us games this season he is integral for the Magic, and I think he's a popular player in the fan base. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we mentioned that it's a very team-friendly deal with uh, A being you know, the team option year three. We've got Wendell, as I mentioned before, who's got a equally good, you know, contract in respect to the for the team. Um, so, Mikey, talk us to uh, talk to us about the flexibility that this will give the front office. Um, you know, I don't want to put a dampener on it, but it's a very movable asset, you mm. know, should a disgruntled star become available. And we've got a couple of contracts now. We've got, you know, Ingalls, you've got Wendell, you've got Cole. I'm not saying we want to get rid of these people, but, um, you know, if, if you want to get a star, you, you know, they expect a haul. Um, so what do you think, mate? I think before this, we all expected Cole to earn maybe 15 to 18 million. I think that was the number a lot of us sort of penciled in. Um, if you look around the league, Josh Green got three years, 41 million from Dallas and Aaron Naismith got three years, 33 million. Um, and I was listening to Bobby Marks and Kevin Pelton this week and they were talking about a lot of these extensions that players were signing and they were saying that the mid-level exception was a guide for what teams are willing to offer players around this level. Now, I agree with Gary. I think Cole is a starter in this league, no doubt, but that sick man role suits him perfectly. And he said, he said all along, he loves it in Orlando. He wants to be a part of what we're building. He's the heart and soul of this, of this locker room. Um, but also, there's players because uh, you got you got to take into you got to take into account you got the TV deals are going to start coming in, caps the caps and the salary caps are going to continue to spike, um, so it's still a decent percentage of the cap that Cole's getting paid. It's not I I wouldn't necessarily call it a still. I just think 
there's enough flexibility in there that gives the magic long-term flexibility that you're still going to get max cap space in a year or two that you can add a, a big time player to this roster but to your point it's also a really nice asset from a contract point of view that Cole could be put into a package for something bigger later down the line I don't want that to happen I'll, we'll put that on record I, I don't want yeah. Cole going anywhere um, to me <laughs> there's there's there's, there's Markel Fultz, there's, there's Franz, there's Paolo, there's Wendell, and there's Cole. For me, that's the five you're keeping hold of first and foremost. I know Jalen's starting, but he's got a lot. Of, he's still got a lot to prove. Whereas Cole, I think, has more of an established role. He's got more of an identity of what sort of player he is. Um, but yeah, the, the flexibility is great. Um, I, I don't even really care about it being an asset. I wanted Cole to stay. He is staying, and that's the most important thing. And hopefully. Markel will get his extension. It's probably going to happen next year. It's probably going to happen in the summer now. But um, yeah, they, they they shouldn't be going anywhere. They're the core. So uh, that's the reason we we are where we are. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you listened to the Six Man Show pod. I think it was the episode on Sunday Monday. Um, they went through the the guards available, um, and when they went through them, I haven't got the list in front of me, but. It was slim pickings, uh, and you know you obviously had Markel in there, um, so you really, really need to keep hold of him. Um, so Travelling Queen was signed to the last two-way player contract um, after the game against Flamengo, joining Kevon Harris and Admiral Schofield. Um, what do you like about what he can bring, Gary? Well, I've got his backstory up at the minute. So I, I like I like a good story, like in terms of a, a one where someone's got a lot to prove and someone who's got resilience and such. And I've just got Wikipedia on here. Um, so when you're looking at his college career, um, he redshirted his first season because of paperwork. He then began playing college basketball um, and while attending the school, lived in crowded conditions at a retirement home before he and his roommates were kicked out. For one week, he lived with three teammates in a car in East Auckland before moving into the home of a teammate's relative. So the guy, if nothing else, has got that story where he's here playing basketball against when it, a lot of other people on this planet would have jacked it in and nobody would have blamed them. Mm. He's gone undrafted he's had but he, he also look at him he's won the finals mvp in the g league he's won the g league mvp he's been a winner at that level and i think we saw what we did see of him first of all he's got the size and the build and the, the frame to be successful in the nba hence his success in the g league he comes in looking for a role so i don't think there's an ego there and that echoes how he acted um on the bench and in the warm and in the in the introductions the other night, and if nothing else, I think he's explosive, and he's going to get. If, if at any point we do need him, he's going to give us a hundred and fifty percent from that position. And really, for signing someone, you know, like in that position, the guys we've got, Kevon Harris, him, Admiral Schofield, that's what you get. They yeah. are they are trying to prove a point, but they're also team guys, and I think. Was I disappointed not to see Matt McClung get that? Yes, if I'm being honest. But at the same point in time, I've got no problem. 
got no problem with where it's gone it's earned you know i believe in a meritocracy you get what you you, you work for what you get well he's going to put the work in and if he earns a roster spot and he's getting minutes for the magic fair play to him good luck yeah no absolutely well said mate um so today the magic uh released the city edition jersey uh, on the social media we had seen sort of leaks in the last couple of days um so if anybody who hasn't seen it um it's basically got Orlando across the front with the star uh which we all love uh, it's dark navy i'd say with faint pinstripes uh continuing with the kingdom on the rise theme uh happy with it mikey like it it's all right. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I like I like the kingdom on the rise. I just I, I just wish they'd gone a different way with with the city jersey. Um, it's obviously a little bit of a a reverse of last year's black jersey with the the dark navy blue in as like the accents and around the collar and things like that. But um, it's all right. Like it's, it's not bad. It's nowhere near as bad as some of the city jerseys that a lot of the other teams have got got to wear this year um i said to gary that dave i don't know if you follow rob perez on yeah on x if you've seen his thread ranking all the city jerseys this year and i think ours is like ranked like third or fourth on that list so the fact that we're like ah, this one's all right that goes to show how bad some of these city jerseys are this year but it's all right i'm not gonna buy it um the fact that the stars on it is a step in the right direction but um, other than that, it's all right. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm uh, putting yeah. my money into into a classic jersey if I'm buying one this year. Yeah. Period. So uh, you're going to get a cool one, Ga? Of course, I'm getting a cool one after the uh, good news. How how could I? <laughs> I, I, I have to honour the goat in some way. <laughs> good man, good man. Will it be a Markel Fultz one for you, G? Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. There we go. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Got to add to the collection. Um, you can just drop so, you one off next time he's sitting in your room filming a video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, so we're just going to get on to our predictions. We we did this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast where we thought we sort of ran through the predictions for the East. Um, but I just want to sort of go over them very quickly. We're not going to bother with the West because, you know, this is a magic podcast. The East is the focus. Um so I'll come to you first, Mikey. Can you just run through your 15 to 1? It sounds like a quiz show now. Um, you, you'll get the reference if you're old like us. Um, so, yeah, yeah, crack on, mate. 15. Who have you got at 15? I've got Washington at 15. I, I, I broke mine down into four tiers. I, could, I sort of half explained it to you before we recorded. My, my tier four, I've put just not very good, is Washington and Detroit. That's my my top bottom. Oh really? Two. Okay, yeah. okay. So that's fifteen and forty. Like, get, let's get your fifteen and fourteen, guy. Right. Um, we'll go, we'll go two by two, as the animals did. <sighs> so I've got Washington bottom. Yeah. And then this is going to get some probably some. I've got Brooklyn. Have you? Okay. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I got Charlotte at fifteen. Because obviously, you know, the problems they've got off court and um, I don't know. Uh, and then I got 40 and I got Washington. So not too dissimilar. Mm-hmm. Um, go go with your next uh, grouping, Mikey. 
So tier three, I've got eight teams and I can't separate these eight teams. So I've got... So you've got I'll six work... through 13 here. So, so go 13 yeah. to 10. Right. So, we, we, so I've got Charlotte all... 13. I yep. think despite all the issues that they've got, if Lamelo's healthy this year, they're, they're still better than Detroit and Washington in my eyes. Like <laughs> you, you got Steve Clifford coaching him. He's not going to take it easy on them this year. Um I mean, we're only talking one spot. It's not a big deal. So 13, yeah. I've got Charlotte, and 12, I've got Chicago. Okay. Gary? 13, I've got Charlotte. 12, I've got Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think Charlotte are that bad. I think it's going to be, again, as we're saying, off the court. I think Steve Clifford, Clifford's shown with us that there's times when he can have a group of players who maybe don't look that great you know like in terms of what the NBA would like to show on TV even though they've got LaMelo Ball but he can get a team to win or put up more wins than you would think and I do think they've got talent there LaMelo Ball is a good player a very good player as it goes Rosier can do it in this level he's proven, Hayward it's the injuries I think Brandon Miller's better than people have been saying he is um, he's just got to be efficient for them. Um, PJ Washington's a decent NBA player. Miles Bridges, if he does feature for them, who knows? He was a borderline all-star. You know, they've got talent on that team. They do have talent. They've got an experienced NBA coach. But it's in that asterisk now, I guess, of there's only really one, for me, really, really, really bad team, which is Washington. <laughs> Um, any other team could beat any other team on any given night as it stands and then Chicago I just see it as they're on the the, the, the edge of a blow up well they and already you know, had a team meeting after one game yeah, didn't they but, but Zach Levine's already been there's been rumours about him on his way out etc so you could see it it just doesn't have the air of a happy camp or a happy fan base mm. so I've got Chicago there it's a shame we don't have their draft pick this year, isn't it? <laughs> um, so 13 for me. I've got Brooklyn at 13. Um, I, I've been quite vocal about this all summer. I, I don't think they're that good. Um, they obviously ran Cleveland close on uh, opening night for them. Um, so could be wrong. But uh, at 12, then I've got the Toronto Raptors. Okay. So let's go with your 11 and 10, Mikey. Okay, I forgot to clarify, this tier is my playoff play-in mix. I couldn't decide between them. Um, so, 11, I've got Brooklyn, and 10, I've got Toronto. Okay, Gary? I've got Detroit. At 11, yeah. Yeah, um, just off basically Cade Cunningham, and I think Jalen Duran's really good as well. And then I've got Toronto. Which I think's the Van Vliet loss, the coaching change, etc. It's a one to watch. They could be better than that. Scotty Barnes could have a bounce back season. Who knows? But I just that's where I've got them right now. Yeah. Um. So my eleven and ten. Well, basically, we've all got the same teams, just different order. So mm -hmm. I got eleven. I got the Pistons. I think that they'll show a little bit of growth this season. Maybe not quite get where they want to be. A bit like us last season. I do have the Bulls at 10. Um, might be regretting that now a little bit. 
Um, but they've got DeRozan, nice. Vucevic, you know, Levine. They, they've they got some decent players there. Uh, I'm not so sure about the coaching. So uh, I'll go with Chicago at 10, just getting into the uh, play-in. So nine and eight, Mikey? I've got Atlanta nine. I've yeah. got the Miami Heat at eight. And I'll reveal the next ones after that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> after after I, the break. I, I I just think there's there's really six there's five or six teams there that could all be playing teams and yeah, I'm gonna sh- let you go. Go. <laughs> okay. I was not gonna reveal too much. Um I've gone the Atlanta Hawks at nine. So we've all got the Atlanta Hawks yeah. at nine basically. Yeah. And I <laughs> I think Jalen Johnson can take a leap for them this season. And I do expect that he might make his way into the starting lineup. They could be higher, but it's going to depend on Trey Young and Murray. But they do have, I believe, a good coach in Quinn Snyder. So mm-hmm. I've got them at nine. And at eight, I've got the Orlando Magic. Ooh. There we are. Glass half full. Or half oh. empty. <laughs> <laughs> Think about to get to that point and how tight the East's going to be. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I think that's it'll be fairly fair. tight. That's a big leap. Yeah, we... absolutely. Um, I got the Hawks at nine, as I've just mentioned before. I've got the Pacers at eight. Okay. Um, okay. I do, I do, and I'm expecting to hear the Pacers soon on your ne- <clears throat> on your list, Mikey. So I'll let you, you reveal your seven and six. Well, seven. I've got the Orlando Magic, which would actually set up the Miami Heat and the Magic in the playing first playing game. That's right, isn't it? Seven play eight. Um, seven play eight first, and then yeah. the loser plays the winner of nine versus ten. Yeah, that's right. I was really close to putting us six, but I've got the Indiana Pacers at six. I just think last season, what were they? The fourth seed until what? Mid January, end of January, before Tyrese Halliburton got injured, and then, then, then the cliff fell away from them. I just think the Pacers, and then you've got Rick Carlisle coaching them. Benedict Matherin's, I mean, you think he had a really good rookie season. He's going to be better this year. They added Obi Toppin, Jerris Walker, who I really liked in the draft. They've still got Buddy Hill. They've got your favourite TJ McConnell, veteran presence. (laughs) They've added Bruce Brown, who was part of that Denver championship team. Jalen Smith's, I like, and then they and then they've got Daniel Tice backing up Miles Turner. I I just think that they're a, they're a good. I I think you could easily flip a coin between us and 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 Indiana this year, but I've got Indiana nicking that last playoff spot, and we get seven. Okay, yeah. I have, and it's no particular order for this, but I've got the. But New we need York. seven, mate. Number seven. <laughs> I'm not, I, I know, Jim. <laughs> um, so in number seven, um, I have the New York Knicks. And I have that because I think it maybe isn't a totally happy camp and the minutes allocation there might catch up with them over the season. I still think there's question marks about players like Barrett and Randall. So I think there's a lot. I think it's a team to watch, but they've got the talent. Thibodeau knows how to win games, but whether it's totally happy, who knows? And then I've got the Miami Heat. 
and they, they could be lower, but I am. I think they've lost talent. I think they've downgraded talent wise, but I, I respect their coach hugely. Mm. I think he's brilliant, to be honest. And then you still have to consider that you've got Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo as a one-two punch. So even though I think it's weaker around them, I respect those two players. Um, but I've got to laugh every time I see Kyle Lowry just getting worse and worse and uh, thinking about the Dame Lillard thing and the guy who went on the spaces and it was one of the best things I ever said he heard is just when he kept on talking about Lowry and he just said it was a ski mask hall of fame for how much he robbed them and it was the best line I've ever heard. So yeah, shout out if he's listening. Okay, so uh, much like you about the heat, I've got the heat in seven. Um like you said, they lost their whole backcourt, didn't they? I mean, they'll find players to plug in. You know, RJ Hampton will probably turn out to be a decent player now that he's signed in Miami. Um, so I've got them in seven. I think they're built they're built for the playoffs as opposed to the regular season. They'll they'll get in and then, you know, Coach Spolster is fantastic as as you guys have mentioned. So um built for the playoffs, but I'm hoping we just get in before then. And I've got us in at six. Um, now I'm probably, you know, a little bit blinded by a performance on Wednesday, uh, but I do fully expect us to beat Portland tonight. Um, teams we should be beating. So, yeah, I've got the Magic in six and a first-round matchup without a play-in game. So, uh, Mikey, you're uh, next to your mate, if you'd be so kind. Yeah, so I've got... These are my playoff locks. So I've got Cleveland at three. I've got Philly at four and I've got New York at five. I just think New York are well coached. Jalen Brunson is great. I think he's going to be a little bit better than he was last year. Um, Julius Randle's, we know what Julius Randle is. RJ Barrett, it's a big year for him. I think if it doesn't go well for him this year, the Knicks might be trying to move him. Emmanuel quickly, I think, is going to be the X factor for the Knicks this season. And then they've added Dante DiVincenzo to the mix as well. Uh, Philly. It's, who knows with Philly? I mean, James Harden, they've, they've still got that hanging over their head. But even without him, Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, they are still a play, uh, sorry, a playoff team, um, unless something goes badly wrong there. And then Cleveland, they've got a lot to figure out. It's a big year for them. They obviously took a step forward last year. They jumped into, what, the top four. But then they got embarrassed by New York in the playoffs. So is that Jarrett Allen, Mobley backcourt, sorry, front court? is that going to be a long-term success? I think that's something they've got to figure out this season. Um, I still think Cleveland are really, really good. But are they ready to take that next leap into title contention? I don't think they are. And how do they get to that point? Because at the moment, they're a playoff team, but where are they going beyond that? I think it's it's, it's quite difficult for Cleveland. But yeah, so Cleveland three, Philly four, New York five. Cool, cool. Gary? Um, I'll go reverse order to Mikey. So I've got the Pacers in at five. I think any I think you can see their improvement where Buddy Heald's operating as a sixth man for them now, which is dangerous given how he can gun. Um I think they've got a much improved starting lineup, just a bit like us really, where the team is young and getting better. 
they're well coached. They've got a fanatical fan base. I think they're a team that could raise eyebrows a bit like Cleveland did. They've got the personnel there. They've, you know, the injuries did for them last season. They started off great guns and they fell away due to that. I've then got Philadelphia. I think the James Harden thing is just an albatross and another example of Harden forcing his way out of a team and causing damage. And it's going to end up in a trade where they don't get the value of what you would expect to get back for James Harden, which is a shame for Philadelphia's fans and their fan base. And then I think you've got Cleveland, where I think they've got a great... They've got good players, and they're going to be a great watch. But what Mikey said, basically, where there's them and then there's a big gap between one and two. A yeah. really big gap. Yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair. Um, my three, four, five, I have the Knicks at five. Um, obviously, we saw on Wednesday night, you know, they, they can battle with the big boys. If they make their free throws, they beat Boston. Um, so they're going to be a tough out for anybody. I got Cleveland at four. Uh, you guys have talked about Cleveland, so I won't just uh, repeat what you just said. But obviously, they're in a situation that if Mitchell is a free agent um, end of the season, if he doesn't think the future's in Cleveland, then they're going to be in trouble uh, thereafter because uh, they've put put all their chips in with him, really, haven't they? Trading for him, etc. Um, and then I got Philly in three. You could intertwine these. Cleveland could be three, Philly four. Uh, all, all remains to be seen what happens with Harden, but they, they played Milwaukee close last night. Um, so, so yeah. Um, and you won two then, gentlemen. I've got Milwaukee two, and I've got the Boston Celtics winning the East, which mm. makes me a little bit sick. But yeah. I just think... Milwaukee getting Damian Lillard was not only great for us watch, having a laugh at the Miami Heat. <laughs> <laughs> but all of a sudden we've gone, well, Milwaukee, we already know are one of the contenders anyway, but then they go now Damian Lillard and you're like, no, nah, you're cementing that place there for me. But then, what was it, two, three days later, Boston go and add Drew Holiday. And you've then got a player who can genuinely guard Damien Lillard as as probably as well as anybody else could possibly do in the NBA as well. Um, so I think it's really close between those two teams. I think they should be the two teams that make the, the Eastern Conference Finals. I expect it to go six or seven games, but I, I just think Porzingis, Drew Holiday, I think that's two massive additions for them. And I, I again, makes me sick. I think... This might be the year. Jay, uh, sorry, Jason Tatum is going to win MVP. I think he's going to elevate that Boston team to heights we, we've not seen yet. And the fact that Boston have been to how many NBA finals over the last few years, they've already been knocking on the door. They just need that next, they just need to take that next step. And for me, they've added two players that are going to help them do that. So, uh, yeah, Boston to come out the East and win it, and Milwaukee finishing second. Gaza? Same script, G. Um, I think what could fling it the other way is Pazingas' health. And if he doesn't have a great season health-wise in the regular season, Milwaukee might end up as the one that way. But if I you said on pure talent, I would put Boston top. I think 
I've said before how good I think Pazingas is. If if he's healthy, I think he's a unicorn. He's unreal. The holiday signing was the one where, like Mikey said, if you're going to try and slow down Lillard, you've got the guy to do it. And I've already said, and I mean, Cortez will tell you, I said it'll be the day that we share a brain on stuff like this, but he's called Tatum on a podcast as well. Oh, right, I, th- right. I think the best record team best player is always going to get the noise especially if they're in a big market to be MVP the fact he hasn't won it before as well is just going to add more to that and let's be honest he's excellent mm-hmm. he really is an excellent player and I know gee it's the Boston Celtics etc but I don't dislike Jason Tatum he, he doesn't make me go like I'd really if Jason Tatum played for the Magic I'd really really like him as it goes um the other thing that separates it is I just don't think Chris Middleton looks like Chris Middleton did. Injuries seem to have really they need they need vintage Chris Middleton. If Milwaukee's gonna go past them, they need vintage Middleton. You talked about Pozingas getting injured as well. That's also yeah. a factor for Milwaukee because if Brooke Lopez misses time as well. Or Middleton. <laughs> or Middleton. Like they're yeah. in trouble too. Mm-hmm. And God knows if Embiid got an injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I got exactly the same as you guys, um, and, and it pains me to say it. You know, um, I don't want Boston to finish first. Uh, I know Zach and uh, Rich Barrett would be very happy to hear this, and there'll probably be sound clip in it. Um, but no, I think the Boston Celtics do have uh, the deepest roster. Uh, in the East, and uh, you know, you expect to see them in the NBA uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals at least. Um, I'm hoping Milwaukee. If it was uh, Milwaukee and Boston, you know, we'd all be Milwaukee fans. But we won't need to be. We'll be playing them. True, that'd be really good, <laughs> wouldn't it? In fairness, we've got Boston's number, so you know, second round. Bye bye, Boston. Um, no, I don't know. They're, 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 and like you guys have just just mentioned, you know, Milwaukee got a little Boston when I got a holiday to, to counter it, and um, they're very deep. Tatum's a very likable guy. Um, you know, you, you don't dislike him as a player. Jalen Brown, the same in fairness. So um, here's what it is. We'll see how the season plays out, um, but hopefully we'll, you know, knock him up this in-season tournament first and foremost. Um, so, so where did we all have the magic? So Adam's seventh. Sixth, eighth, Gary, and eighth. So we're not we're not far off. I think you could easily. No, and Paul will be submitting days. his um, on X or Twitter mm-hmm. um, after the pod. So uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I was listening to. Uh, I'm a big fan of Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor oh, yeah. from The Ringer. They do a really good podcast, and uh, Chris Vernon had the magic as the team this year that could jump who could make that leap again. Now, I think the fact that we won, what, 12 games more last year, to do that again this year is a big ask, but I don't think it's it's not impossible by any stretch. But the fact that national media genuinely starting to look at us now, like we're on the way up, like they, they've, they've picked the Magic as possibly that team being a playoff team. Uh, Kevin Pelton from ESPN had the, had Franz Wagner winning most improved player this year. And yeah. then there's people calling for him and Bankero p- 
potentially making all-star this year as well. I think if, if some of those happen, we're, we're a playoff team. I don't even think the seventh seed is, I think that's behind us at that point. But who knows? It's going to be fun. That's it for sure. It will be. It will be. Uh, so just a quick look at the uh, the week ahead. So tonight, uh, as we're recording, we're recording on Friday night. This uh, you probably listed this after Saturday. We face the Portland Trailblazers, um, which is game one of our road trip out west. Uh, that will be followed up by road games in Los Angeles when we face the LA Lakers on well Monday night, Tuesday morning. Uh, the Clippers. Uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and then the Utah Jazz, which would be Thursday night US time, Friday morning for us in the UK. Uh, so, quick four game prediction, guys. Mikey? Three, three and one. We're going to beat the Blazers, the Lakers, and the Clippers. That's a bold take, but we're going to go back to back okay, in LA. Okay. I, like I, don't think, I, like I don't think we'll beat the Jazz. We've, we've just... I don't know, it's playing da- playing Denver and playing the Jazz. They're just two teams that we never seem to do well on when we play on the West Coast. And the Jazz, I think it's like 44 and 24 overall record against them over the years. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's go and poo-poo on LeBron's little parade, shall we? Our records are there to be broken, mate. Uh, uh, Gary? True. Two and two. Okay, so I, and where I, are we getting our Ws, mate? Um, I'm hoping against Portland to start with. Um, I've, I, again, I said it on Cortez's pod, I'm interested in what happens with Aiton this season. He didn't get off to a great start the other night, but it's either going to be make or break for him and his legacy. What happens here? Is he going to be a 20 and 10 guy who takes a young team on, or is he going to be the Aiton I've seen when I've watched him play live that hasn't been very good? So I'm going to go for that one. I think the LA games will be hard. And if you said to me we're going to beat the Lakers, I'd rather beat them in the Amway which is a little hint how I think that one might go. But I think we might struggle against the Lakers and the Clippers if the Clippers don't load manage their team. But I noticed John Collins is playing for the Utah Jazz. And last I checked, uh, Dad's coming home from work. But he, uh, <laughs> he's going to pay the visit again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you, you, you're watching that game and you might have seen the Jonathan Isaac back, John, if you're watching this, which I'm sure you are. Well, he's coming home soon. So, stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go three and one. Uh, I, there's an expectation, like we've mentioned, to beat Portland. Uh, fully expect us to watch that come back and bite me in the uh, in the proverbial. Um, and then, yeah, we're beating the Lakers. We're beating the Lakers. I wind my mate Simon Peasley up at work, who's a Laker fan. Um, and then I think we might drop the Clipper game. Uh, back to back, um, and then I think we're we're better than Utah. So I'm going to go three and one, beat the Jazz, beat the Lakers, and beat the Portland Trailblazers. How how do we beat the Lakers? Because let's be honest, out of all these four games, that's the one we really want. Yes, it is. It is. And when you well, look you at should... matchups, like when you look at matchups, how are we going to win that game? Smothering defense. Yeah. Running, fast break opportunities, run them off their floor. That's what I'm thinking. And I think Paolo will probably get his that game. Franz will be cold-blooded. Um, and I, I can't remember how many minutes uh, LeBron played um, 
this week. He obviously played uh, a shed load last night because I saw that mm-hmm. game, but I didn't see the game um, on Tuesday night. But uh, did he not play much from what I gather? So there might be a little bit of load I, I, management. I'll be honest, I watched the 10 minutes highlights and that's all I managed to get around to okay. watching. But I know that the Lakers, from speaking to Simon, he said they're playing the Sacramento Kings the night before that. So okay. it's their second night of a back-to-back. So that's my sort of logic for, for, for beating the uh, the Lakers for the first time next week before we beat them second time. If I was, going, if I was going to beat the Lakers, I'd start off with where Jalen Suggs, I'd tell him to put the clamps on Austin Reeves because he seems to be their, their third option. So I'm like, really make his night of misery and lock him up. I would then think about if that's a night where I want Jonathan Isaac to play bigger minutes, I'm like putting Jonathan Isaac to hound Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like absolutely make his life a misery. I don't care what he does on the offensive end, just make his life a misery. Joe Ingles maybe get into people's heads a little bit when he's on with the second unit, upset a couple of people, let more talk trash. And then basically that would leave that I would want, and I know they've got to have a game plan as well, the bench unit to outperform theirs, which I think we're capable of doing. So in other words, big performance from Cole, good minutes from Gary Harris, three-point shooting, and basically Paolo and Franz have to show up. Mm-hmm. So efficient 20-point-plus games from both. And uh, I think Markel's better than D'Angelo Russell. 100%. Yeah. I just I just look at... Th- uh, there was three stats that I wrote down about the Houston game. And I think if we can replicate two or three of these on, on whatever night we play them, I can't remember what night it is now, G, the Lakers game. Uh, so that's Monday night, Tuesday morning. Tuesday, yeah. Well, the Magic out-rebounded... Houston, 57 to 31. They held Houston to 32 points in the paint. But if you could do that against LeBron and AD, that's going to, you're going to be putting yourself in a good position at the end of the game there. And then they outscored Houston's bench 59 to 27. So I I think the keys are very similar again with that Lakers game. I think if, if we can... Keep like keep the Lakers to one shot, keep them out of the paint, and the bench come in and give us that that boost like it did on Wednesday night. Then I think we got a good chance of um, coming out of LA with two Ws. That's my prediction. But there we go. We'll see. Uh, so thank you as always for listening and watching. If you liked the uh, episode, please give it a thumbs up. It really does help us. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Let's Talk Magic. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram uh, at Let's Talk Magic. Um, TikTok. Gary, you're going to have to help me here. What was the... Uh, are we at Let's underscore one. let's talk for magic yeah that's, that's, that's it now it was but it's now it's done as mikey said yeah uh, and it's the same at x which is underscore let's talk magic um so thank you for your company guys so until next week from gary mikey and myself go magic